How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Abaya. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast. And let's just jump right into today's subject. Um, so, we're obviously going through some, like, personal stuff as a family right now. Um, again, everyone's fine. Everyone's doing great. Just some hurdles in life. But um, to kind of take our mind off of things and to get distracted from those, those things that we're coping with at the moment, um, me and my wife, uh, we were just wanting to watch Netflix together for a little bit, and, um, she was like, hey, um, let me preface before I actually bring this up, um, one of my, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, I should have had my phone on mute, um, one of my, uh, favorite fictional characters of all time, so I have, like, a superhero fictional character, so I don't, I, I try to, like, differentiate them, but, I have a, uh, a fictional character that is, like, could exist in real life, but doesn't, and I'm a big fan of, of his, and that is Sherlock Holmes. I am, like, one of the biggest Sherlock Holmes fans of all time. Like, I, I love, I've watched all the American version of the series, Elementary, which is great. I love the portrayal of how they make, they really personalize Sherlock Holmes, and they make, make you feel like as if you could possibly be him. By, you know, working hard enough, I guess. Then there's the, the British version, which was called Sherlock, with, with Benedict Cumberbatch as the main, uh, as Sherlock. And I thought he did a phenomenal job. He really represented Sherlock in a way of being the, the, the narcissistic, brilliant individual that, that he can sometimes be portrayed as in, in um, the short series that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle um, he's the author for Sherlock Holmes, and I forget what time period, it's like in the 1800s, like late 1800s. Um, and, uh, I just love the, the short stories, I love the movies, I thought Robert Downey Jr., I'm excited to, to know that he's gonna, he's, he wants to do it, uh, do another, uh, movie, but he's done two of them, and I've loved both of the movies. Uh, I think the way he portrays Sherlock Holmes is like that perfect medium in between the American and British version. Uh, and I love uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal for Sherlock as well. And so the character fascinates me because I'm a very analytical person and Sherlock is the epitome of analytics in the sense that he has superior deductive reasoning skills. So he's able to look at a scene or look at an environment and deduce with high probability what had occurred to lead the things in the way they are in an environment. And then he takes all of these things and he follows, a, you know, an invisible breadcrumbs to the originator of, of the crime scene. And so he's, all, he's a detective. And the stories, I love how they're written. The stories are written from the perspective of a doctor that works with Sherlock Holmes, uh, his name is Watson, and the stories that you read that Arthur, uh, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote, he wrote them in a way that, um, that was from Watson's perspective looking at Sherlock and telling Sherlock stories, which I think is a really brilliant way of, of, of writing a story in the first place, because it's one thing to kind of see the perspective, or, or like see it from the perspective of the, the main character, but it's great to also see it as a, like an audience, or like as, as people 
witnessing his feet. And, um, Sherlock is like, he's a very mysterious person. He's got like a, a mysterious background. He's got an older brother, uh, Mycroft, who works high-level government and, and British government. And uh, Sherlock is from Britain. I'm uh, from England, excuse me. And um, Sherlock is the younger brother, and Minecraft actually is, is recognized as probably being more intelligent than Sherlock, but he's very stuck up, and he's very, he feels as if other people should be doing his bidding, and he really never gets involved with, like, the type of, he really looks down on his brother a lot, and that's why him and Sherlock have a very difficult relationship, because Sherlock, you know, knows he's, he's brilliant and, and knows he's highly skilled, but yeah, his older brother uh, is always recognized as, like, the more brilliant, more stout of an individual. Um, and Sherlock is a, a really interesting person. He, in the stories, eventually retires, and, and the way he retires is he goes and manages a bee farm for the rest of his life, and... Um, he's always been fascinated by bees and how intelligent they are as creatures. Uh, he's an expert martial artist, um, but he's really known for, like I said, his deductive reasoning ability. And it's just great watching all of that come together. And I think the way the movies portrayed with Robert Downey Jr. is really great how they go into showing how he thinks ahead. And he's always thinking ahead about like what his opponent and what they're going to be doing. Um, and what they're more likely to do. And I think that the, the first movie does it in a way that's very spectac spectacular, uh, or, or it's more of spectacle, shall I say. The second movie does it in a way that shows that Sherlock can be flawed sometimes when, he, when he's thinking ahead of the steps, and he doesn't really neglect the factor in certain things. And his opponent that he's fighting against also is a... a, a fascinating character, Moriarty, who's like the polar opposite of Sherlock. They're similar, but one is pretty much doing it for good, and the other one's doing it for evil, and, and the movie does a really good job of showing the strengths for both of them. Um, but yeah, I'm I just a huge Sherlock Holmes fan, and so you'll have to excuse my lack of of excitement to know that Netflix had wrote and directed and, and created a movie called Enola Holmes based off of a, um, I think, I, I'm not entirely sure if it was ever brought up in the short stories. I think it was, but it, it talks about a character that wasn't really talked about too much in the stories of a younger sister to Sherlock in, in Minecraft Holmes. And I, I have to look that up. I probably should have looked it up before the podcast, but Essentially, she's the youngest sister by a, a big margin. She's like maybe like 15, 20 years apart in age from them. Um, and watching the trailers, the movie didn't seem like it was going to be a, a great movie. I'm a big Sherlock Holmes fan, but I don't like when, when they take a, like it's in the same universe, but they take away from it. That's what made me a little bit hesitant about the American version, because the American version has Sherlock Holmes coming from Britain to live in America and do all his, you know, crime solving in America, which at first kind of threw me off, but I really did appreciate it and enjoy the series actually a lot. Um, but this one, uh, like, had Sherlock Holmes in it, but it, it was barely touching on him or his brother. Minecraft was in it as well. Uh, and you can really see the, they, uh, so 
watching your trailers, I was really hesitant, and actually I told myself I'm not going to uh, watch at all. On top of that, the estate for um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle actually sued Netflix because they felt that um, they didn't have permission to use Enola Holmes in uh, in a movie and, and write a universe around Sherlock Holmes, even though the novels are old enough that you technically, uh, I don't think they have copyright um, rights to Sherlock Holmes anymore. I think, like, once a copyright is, like, over 100 years old, then it's, uh, it's, like, in the public domain now, so, like, essentially, like, anyone could write a story about Sherlock Holmes. I think. I don't know if they've renewed that. And normally, like, the states, what they do is they kind of keep that, that those copyrights going. I think it's based off the, the death of the author, but if you have an estate, I think the estate kind of can keep the copyrights going. So I think that's where they were able to to, to come into play and, and sue Netflix. I don't know what came out of that, that, that lawsuit, but those two things mixed together just really shunned me away from... And I, I thought if the estate was going to be suing Netflix, I thought maybe they looked at the, the script and they looked at the movie and they were like, no, it doesn't really honorably represent what we what we want at, in the Sherlock universe. And so uh, I was really hesitant, but my wife today, she was looking for something to watch on Netflix, and she knows how big of a Sherlock Holmes fan I am. And we watched the, the, the movie, and I, I'm not going to lie, I actually love the movie. And I don't know if this is because of my father, who has a daughter, but I love the message, I love the, and, and the third reason why I didn't think I was going to like that movie, by the way, was because, um, the, the female that plays the actress, uh, as Enola Holmes, I actually do not like her in any movies. My wife gave me a hard time a lot because she's, uh, she made the name for herself in, in, um, what is the name of that series? Strange, Stranger Things? I think that's what it's called. I never got into it, but, um, she, she's, like, one of the main girls in, in, uh, in that series, and her acting career blew up from there, and I've never really enjoyed any of the works that she's in. I don't know, something about her as an actress just always throws me off, but I think she nailed this character, and I think the way, um, I think the way that, uh, like, 89% of the movie is about her. And I think the way they did it was phenomenal. I think that the way they represent the universe, and I think that Netflix did a really good job. So uh, I was really appreciative to see that my wife got me to watch that movie because, you know, we're not in a point right now where, like, we want to go back and forth and debate whether we want to see a certain movie or not. I just wanted to relax with her. And, um, so, we, like, I started watching it, and I, I, like, I went, for like, the first 15 minutes, my wife was, like, looking at me, she was like, what are you paying, like, why are you paying attention so hard? And I was like, I'm not paying attention to the movie, I'm really looking for reasons not to like this movie. And after 15 minutes, I just stopped. I was like, I'm, I'm enjoying the movie, this is great. I loved, I loved everything about it. And so, um, yeah, definitely recommend it. If you're a Sherlock Holmes fan, and you haven't watched Anella Holmes yet, it's really great. I think one of the reasons why I also enjoy Sherlock Holmes is because he has this ability to, uh, he recognizes that the, the brain is finite. I neglect this, but I appreciate people that, that, that understand that your brain is finite. It's not like a, um, an infinite hard drive. Like, the more space 
can't say like a lot of the things I absorb is a lot is a lot of informative information, but I do absorb other things as well that aren't really relevant or important to know. But I do anyways. But Sherlock Holmes, uh, Watson had given Sherlock Holmes a hard time in the small story and the short stories, and in, in some of the episodes as, as well. I appreciate seeing these things. Well, Watson would give Sherlock Holmes a hard time because he couldn't believe that Sherlock didn't know the planets in the solar system. And Sherlock was like, why would I ever need to know the, the planets in the solar system? Like, how would that ever help me solve the crimes that I solve on a daily basis? What's more important to me is knowing the 25 million different uh, um, like, taste of tobacco so I can, like, taste, like, the cigarettes of, uh, or, like, smell a crime scene. He's like, all of these things are more relevant to me in my work than knowing what the planets are. And Watson just couldn't believe it because he watches this person be so brilliant and, and literally solve the most impossible crimes, yet not know some of the most simple facts. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's so cool. Like, Sherlock knows what he's great at, and he's just focused and honed his skills so well to be perfect at what he does. And he gives the impression like he knows everything, but he doesn't. And he knows he doesn't need to know everything as well. And so I appreciate that. I think that's really cool. Um, and another feature that I enjoy a lot is that Sherlock, uh, I, my biggest fear as I get older as a person is that my memory is going to wane and it's going to get worse over time. And, and the, the scariest thing is to, contract something like uh, uh, sadly that a lot of people get it's like Alzheimer's that is like one of my biggest fears and one of the reasons why I've enjoyed doing this podcast uh, recording myself uh, trying to get a lot of myself out there and some people wonder like am I just like trying to like buy into everything it's, it's no I think I'm doing that because I want to be able to reflect on this time period in my life and and look to see what my beliefs and my, what my stances on things. and Because um, I, I do, I have a fear that like as I get older, I'm going to forget um, certain things. And I, I just, that's, it's horrible. I, I just, I empathize with so many people that have to see the family members of themselves have to go through something like that. But one of the things that I appreciate Sherlock Holmes that he doesn't have to cope with this is that He's developed something called a memory palace, which is actually a theoretical thing that you can do to improve your memory. And I, I think it's so cool. His memory palace is massive. But um, essentially, he's able to know and remember everything he needs to remember because he puts it in his memory palace. And essentially, the best way to describe a memory palace is, uh, you, uh, and the way that they recommend anyone to create their own palace is to essentially... Uh, you create your palace out of something that you're very, like, very familiar with. And that's generally either the house you've lived in your entire life growing up as a kid, or, like, the house that you're living in at the moment that you've lived in for, for a long time. Something that if you blindfolded yourself, or if it was pitch black, you can easily navigate by just touching around and knowing exactly where everything is, or just out of memory know where things go in that house as well. And so once you know your layout of the house, essentially what you do is you designate each room in your house and your brain as a specific general thing that you want to remember. And it becomes very difficult. Like Sherlock Holmes' palace is a massive castle. 
Um, and you can upgrade as you get better at memory pass. So some people even create, like they actually create their own memory pass, like hand create it, memorize it, memorize it, designate rooms in, the, in their palace, and then that's their memory pass. But for beginners, I generally recommend, like, think of the house that you're very familiar with. And then essentially what you do is you designate each room with something very specific. Like, let's say, if you're trying to remember, um, names of people, what you would do is you would designate, like, your bedroom as the place where you associate names with people. And then you know the layout of your room, so you start to, like, designate certain things, objects in your room as that person's name. And you associate an object with that person and then their name. And so when you go into your bedroom, let's say there's a dresser that's always in a certain spot, and inside your dresser is a, uh, uh, different things that you normally have, like a gun, um, a Bible, whatever. And let's say you have a very religious friend, and you have a, a very, uh, like a military friend that you're trying to remember. And I'm, I'm really simplifying this, and so this can get very complicated. So essentially what you would do is you would visualize your friend that's, that's, um, that's like a very Christian individual and look at the Bible and associate their name with the Bible with them as their face and visualize that over and over and over again. And then what you would do is you would like vividly rock through your house, imagining yourself rocking into your bedroom, opening the door, and then when you see the gun, what you see instead is this person and their name. Instead of seeing the gun, you see them now. And that's when you actually start getting really good at the memory pass. And uh, I tried it for a bit. It's very difficult. My memory is already bad enough, actually. That's one of the reason why I have such a fear is because, like, my long-term memory is, like, bad. Like, if I don't have a, a great experience with someone, I tend to forget who they are pretty easily. Uh, and it's not because I want to do that. It's just because... Um, I don't know if it's because I've had such a unique life that um, things have to be unique for me to remember them. But uh, I tried it for a bit and it did help. You know, in the time I did, I'd stop practicing it and I wish I kept up with it because it is a, a super helpful tool. I might actually do it for, might give it a try for like my, my career that I have now because it's a lot of stuff that I have to remember. And so I might go ahead and do it like, uh, and I always use my childhood house because I, I, I can I can visualize that house. Even though my parents had remodeled the entire house, <laughs> I can't visualize it now, but I can still remember what the old house looks like. Um, but yeah, it's a super wicked thing. You can even do a room, technically. If you have, like, a lot of drawers and dressers and closets and a lot of different things, you can do that, too. But normally you want to, like, do rooms for, like, specific categories of things. But, um, yeah, that's something I didn't even know existed until I saw it as a technique that Sherlock Holmes uses a lot. And actually, the British, uh, the British version of Sherlock Holmes, the television series called Sherlock, they go over memory palaces a lot. And I like, I love when they do that. Because it really shows Sherlock going through his palace and, and, like, sometimes thinking about, like, all the things in his memory. And you see that as well. But, anyways... I think I could do a long enough podcast for uh, my good friend Sherlock. I, I, I do enjoy him a lot. Definitely recommend watching anything related to Sherlock, including Enola Holmes. I was surprised to see myself really enjoying it as much as I did, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was a great distraction for you know, the time that we needed, but 
By the way, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. I'll catch all of you guys by Peace.